Rolling out now for an epic night. Dressed to the nines, all stars in sight. But to their fright, they can't get inside. And on the guest list, well, check it twice. Can't get in. Rev's anger ignited. MK's heart stop, can't revive it. Bouncer saying, hey, let's not get excited. They yell back, how are we not invited? Welcome, everybody, to season two of How Are We Not Invited? Hi, Rebecca. Hey, Mary-Kate. Season it's, two. It's a big uh, one. It's happening. We're, it's we're so back good and to better than face. ever. I know. Hear your voice. Um, so, yeah, so we are back. And like you said, better than ever. Uh, for those who are new to us or a little refresher for uh, our fans and friends, uh, we are two besties living on opposite coasts from each other, both working in different areas of entertainment. And on the podcast, we share stories about our work lives, sometimes our personal lives, how they relate, because they often do. Mm-hmm. And we get to know some of our coworkers a little bit better, uh, who are also working in entertainment, learn about what they do, who they are, where they came from, and where they want to go. So, We are so excited to kick off this season with Kevin Lang. He is a production designer and art director, and I've heard wonderful things about him. So welcome, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with the two of you. You know, as you're kicking off season two, it's so around. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Like I listen to it and I'm just like, <laughs> I wish I had that when I was in college. You know, I did go to yeah. film school and I, I wish I had that tool. And I think people are going to catalog your stuff and really use it as a tool. And it's so useful. The, the intricacies and stories that people tell on your podcast. Really awesome. Thanks, Kevin. I hope so, That's too. A huge compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin and I met back in Rhode Island on an indie film. And I think we did a couple together, right, Kevin? I'm trying to yeah, remember. Yeah, I think we, like the first show we worked on together was Furry Vengeance. Yes, that's right. That's My first met. movie. But oh then gosh. we actually um, got in the trenches together on some like million dollar shows. And, yeah, uh, little tiny just, indies in Rhode Island. And that's when you find out who, like, who, who your people are. You yeah. Know? You're like, <laughs> in it in, you're just in it and it's getting dirty and you're just like all right totally. this has got to be quick quick conversations like this person has my back yep yeah I love that it's that happens so often that you like really become a family when things are down and dirty like that That's yep awesome. and you know that Boston Rhode Island Northeast film crew they're all very we've talked about that on the podcast before very tight oh yeah I mean I'm in I moved to new orleans in 2012 so i'm a yankee down here but i when i i would i would day play in new york city because they would let us use our new england card to do that and the guys in new york would be calling me a yankee because i'm from rhode island you'd be like let the yankee do it huh (laughs) the kid from rhode island that's so funny you know you can't shake it but you wouldn't want to if you could you know right Oh my God. So when I, when we did those little indies together, you were production designing. I know you art direct as well. Can you kind of tell us what you do and how you got into it? A little background. So the Missing William that we worked on together was my first production design gig. Mm -hmm. I was called by Kendra, who's working with John Santilli. And she said, Hey, do you know any production designers that are available? And I was working at the art department that time. I wasn't art directing. It was a goal of mine, but it was a while ago. I was like, 
what, 2012 or something. Yeah. And I said, well, this person's doing this, this person's doing that, this person's doing this. But wait a minute, I'd like to throw my name in the hat. Awesome. And that's a really good that. thing to do sometimes. I, I always tell people like, don't just turn down a job. Like we're all freelancers. You should be able to offer someone up and it makes you look productive and resourceful as well. So mm-hmm. I kind of offered myself up on that one. And then it was a wild ride and it was like a really, it was a labor of love and ended up being like a really pretty little independent movie, you know? Were you nervous about it? Like, because you said you were just working in the art department, you hadn't production designed before. Did you feel like you kind of winged it and you like, did you know the basics of what to do or were you like a fish out of water kind of thing? Well, because I came up, it took me a long time to come up through New York City where I was working as an assistant editor I couldn't get into features so all I wanted to do was work in features and I worked in videos and editing and then documentaries and then I finally got into production and commercials where I was initially the production the PA the office PA for the commercial so I'd be the line producer's assistant in the office and then when we went to shoot they would take me on set so I had was getting dual experience Mm. But I'm not only that, but double the days where like the other guys would just be like during the shoot, I would have a little bit of pre-production, a little bit of rap. And I would work through the whole summers in New York, mm-hmm. staying with this one producer. And it gave me a great, great amount of experience that I fall back. I fall back on all those days. Like it was almost eight years that I worked as an assistant before I got into a union. Uh, it was really different back then. So when I got a chance to work into features in Rhode Island, um, things clicked and mm. I could progress kind of strongly and confidently, mm-hmm. but not too quickly, you know, and something I always tell production assistants that I'm working with when, you know, you're giving advice and say, it's like, well, be careful. You go up too fast. Like if you take the elevator up, then you'll, people take the elevator up they take the elevator down. Like if you go up really quick, because we're a really small community from coast to coast. I learned from working in Ireland, from wherever I am, that it, Hollywood, whatever you want to call it, the different states and everything, it's a very small community. So if you burn those bridges, it can be bad because it's a small circle and word gets around and everybody talks. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. flowing steady really has a lot of benefits, you know? And I definitely right. took the stairs like hardcore with my career. Yeah. I think that's so interesting too, because I think when you, when you take the fast track, you maybe don't end up where you really want to be. You like end up where you think you maybe want to be, but you're not actually that into it. And I've seen a lot of people have that happen to them. And I feel like I got a little bit stuck in that when I was in accounting, I was like, Oh, I can like climb this easily, but I wasn't happy. Like I didn't love what I was doing. I shouldn't say I wasn't happy. I love my coworkers and all that, but like, it wasn't the role that I wanted to be in. So like taking that slow step, learning all of the different aspects, you said you were an editor, you did commercials. Now you're doing this. Like it's valuable. I think it's inspiring too. And I think it's very inspiring that you offered yourself up for something I don't think people do that enough and like vouch vouch for yourself you're always waiting for somebody to call on you and like give you the job but like I think it's so awesome that you spoke up and said like well actually I can do this I don't have the experience but I can do it 
you didn't need someone to validate you. You validated yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've never looked at it that way, but yeah, thank you. Um, that first production design job, like I took it on boldly and fiercely and I was like, I can do anything. And it was actually easy because I didn't know anything. And I remember when we were in the pre-production meeting and one of the producers said, hey, Kev, what's your cover sets? And I like lost my crap. I was like, <laughs> what is he even talking about? Like I have what's to have double the amount of sets on the first day in case it rains. I didn't even realize that. So I think my second production design job was a lot harder because the veil had been unlifted and I realized how hard it actually was and how much pressure there actually was for everything. So the first one was a labor of love and I just battled through it. Right. And it was kind of easier because of that. Yeah. Oh, that's such a cool way to say it. So you, you production design and you art direct. And I know a lot of our listeners aren't in the business or are new to the business or are like maybe me because sometimes I don't know the exact difference between different jobs in the industry. So Same. tell us, yeah. <laughs> so tell us the difference and like, you know, what one does and what the other does, and why okay, you like yeah. one over the other, and why you're doing art directing more than production designing. All that. Totally. Stuff. Yeah. 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 So um, the production designer, when we're in production, when the boots are on the ground and the film is going in the can, as they used to say you have your director and you have your DP and your production designer. And that's like the tour de force that's on the set, making the look and the action of the movie happening with all the decisions. So the production designer is the look of the movie, which is in tandem with locations, helping those come together with the producers and making sure that those locations that are selected are gonna help them make their days. Different looks are nestled into different neighborhoods so that things don't get out of control and blown out of proportion with their shooting days. And then, colors and the sets and the design of everything if you need to build a set what's that set going to look like how are you going to design it how are you going to afford it that whole thing but the production designer kind of like takes their paintbrush and is like yeah it's going to be awesome it's pretty it's all this stuff and then the art director is like their battle commander and their co-pilot that does the nuts and bolts and makes it happen Mm, so especially on a bigger Mm. thing your art director is gonna come in and just figure out all the nitty gritty and fight for the production design's look, the designer's look and make it happen and, and be their confidant and work with the producers to keep everything in line, you know, budgetarily. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm. So the production designer is more the vi- like the vision and then the art director helps to execute that vision. Yeah. But like on the $1 million movie, you're not going to have an art director. You're going to be designing. You're not going to have it. You may not have a set decorator. So you're going to be dressing all the sets yourself. So you're doing everything. And then on a huge movie, you're going to be designing. You're going to have a supervising art director. I mean, I just got off foundation in Ireland where we had 20 people in the Toronto design art department. And then we had 15 people in the Limerick art department. So you're talking about upwards of 16 art directors you know, wow. and then, wow. and then th- two or three supervising art directors. So it depends, really depends on, on the project. But right. for me, for me, like the transition was, I kept taking these independent movies. I could, my methodology is like go up slowly, but surely I interviewed to art direct on Benji. And the, a day later, the designer that I interviewed with called me and said, I'm not doing the job anymore. So I, again, I called someone I had known from 12 years a slave because she was in the office when I went into an interview and I said hey can I put my name in the hat I want I'll design it like I'll get in there this is a good step for me and 
Benji was the biggest movie I'd ever done. That alone is an amazing story about how it's a family-owned franchise. The family owns that the enterprise. They never sold it to Disney, even though Disney wanted to buy it. And yeah, that's a cool little story alone. And then, but Blumhouse was producing it and they can be really, really rough on art departments. So when I got my ass handed to me on Benji in a few different ways, designing it and I did a good job and I love the way the movie looks, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't go forward with that credit as strongly as I wanted to with the producers I worked with, with the director I worked with, unfortunately. And it really made me say, hey, wait a minute. I have to art direct more. I have Mm. to get in the trenches and learn how to handle these situations and these big personalities in a way that's eloquent. And the movie's one movie and we all have to work together. But I just felt like I was lacking experience. So that's why I stepped back and started art directing more. That's so interesting. Yeah, I feel like that's a humbling experience too, to have to admit that to yourself and be like, okay, I know that, you know, in order for me to succeed and to feel good about what I'm doing, I have to take that step back. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. How, how did like the people around you, your coworkers, cause I imagine, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you work with similar teams? Like you have your go-to right-hand man, or woman kind of a thing how did how did the people around you react to that pivot for you there's so much like motion in the film industry in louisiana because we get a lot of different projects that are have different scopes so it wasn't really like a rocker or anything my team wasn't that solidified but it did it did make me realize that i did need a true and tried team and that when i do step into designing like full-time which i haven't done yet but i'm close to making that step that you know, I need those compadres, you know, to, yeah. to help me get through it and to work with me, you know? So later on when I've designed projects, I've really been careful about who I pick and their level of passion because I'm a really passionate person and I, I just love the stoke of like what we do. And um, it's hard for me to work around people that don't have that same feeling. Yeah, totally. Makes so sense. you're, you just worked on you said foundation in Ireland and tell us a little bit little bit about that because you actually moved to Ireland right for that yeah so a few years ago I got my dual citizenship I have I'm half Irish I got a passport through my my dad's uh, parents were born there so I got my citizenship and I didn't want to just have a passport I wanted to go there and move there and live there and check it out and try mm-hmm. it and yeah and that and one one thing I learned in college when uh in the internship office was like always read the rags always read the always read the magazines and I I take that to to stride for the research for projects all the time like I try to pick and choose my credits for like art department movies like pretty well so when I was gearing up and thinking about moving to there were a bunch of things on the horizon there was the Game of Thrones um prequels in Belfast and I have family in Belfast that's Northern Ireland mm-hmm. and then there was the Lord of the Rings project which they didn't know if it was going to New Zealand or Scotland but that stuff was written for Scotland I mean so there was a chance that it was going to drop there and then my number one choice was the foundation series which is a science fiction canon written by Isaac Eisenhoff they started as short stories and popular mechanics and it's like literally what Star Wars is based on. 
um people are going to watch foundation and be like they ripped off star wars and it's like no 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 you're just late to the party <laughs> you're late to the party i love that <laughs> um so my number one thing was i i was like i want to get a job in foundation i even remember i'm posting on facebook i was like posted an article and i'm like this show is coming and i'm moving to ireland so i was in the north with my cousins in northern ireland trying to look at titanic studios where they shoot game of thrones and everything and i was making contacts up there but my gut, which is my favorite friend in the in the film business, was like, go south, go to the south of Ireland, because you're, I'm Irish, I'm not Northern Ireland, it's a different country, so I've got to get to the south, I've got to get my equivalent of a social security card, and get into the system there. Mm. So we went down, and we got a little Airbnb, and we nestled in 20 minutes from Troy Studios, which are the biggest studios in Ireland, where Apple TV was about to do this thing, and I was at my wit's end, we had taken about 16k to move there and the money went away like water out of a oh, paper bag I bet. it was crazy yeah you know the car was 3k the insurance was 2k the airbnbs were 1k a week like when you take figure in the food and the travel and everything and it was just like we were getting destroyed so i was running out of money and i was like all right i'll push a broom i don't care i'm in ireland i'll do anything i'll work on anything and i'm standing in bed in in limerick in our little airbnb and i'm staring at the ceiling and I'm like, all right, do, do another search. I had already emailed to literally 200 producers in Ireland and the UK. I had emailed everybody already wow. like three weeks ago. I'm staring at the ceiling and I do a search for art, art directors and the, the Art Directors Guild of Ireland pops up. And it was like a new thing. I didn't even know it existed. Mm. And I emailed them that night and Gary McGinty emails me back and he said, you know, Connor Dennison is supervising that. You should give him a call. I think he's looking for people. And Connor Dennison, I knew because on IMDb, I was stalking him. I knew he was the <laughs> art director on Foundation. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have it in. That's all I need. So I emailed him and he called me and he said, I just walked out of a meeting with the showrunner and the producers. And I, to I told him flat out, I need art directors, you know, and he's showing up. So it was crazy how it worked out, but I wow. got in. I got so my foot cool. in and then and then two months later I was I was literally running the largest soundstage in Ireland. That is amazing. And like look at all that hard work paid off because you just didn't give up. You just kept reaching out to everyone. And it must feel weird, like because you were you established yourself in Rhode Island, then you go down to New Orleans, you establish establish yourself there, and then you have to start again and establish yourself in in Ireland like is that hard for you does it do you feel like it's frustrating or do you just kind of roll with it when you move I have like a pretty calm persona but inside like inside I'm really calm but outside I like I like rock rock and roll and like really loud and crazy music and um, jarring situations and adrenaline so for me it's like kind of what I like to be yeah displaced and have the hard fight and since it took me so long to come up in New York it's kind of like what I'm used to so mm. I love that challenge and the chance to meet new people and make new friends and it's always like hard and you wish you didn't do it but right. there's like this saving grace at the end it's like that mowing the lawn and cracking the Budweiser after you're like wow <laughs> I did that <laughs> yeah. so amazing and also I just feel like to get out of your comfort zone is such a hard thing to do for people, even in the industry. Like a lot of times we just work with that same coordinator or same producer every show. 
we stay in Los Angeles or like, even if we're, or we're local to Los Angeles and we just keep going to Atlanta, we keep going to Boston. Like, but that does show a lot about your character to just kind of be like, nope, I'm getting out of my comfort zone and we're doing this now. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think it's wild too. Cause I think a lot of people go somewhere for the work, like you said, Rebecca, like yeah. you're going to Atlanta because there's a movie that you've already been hired on right. there. And you were like, no, I'm just going to go find work where I want to be because I want to be there. And I think that's so like adventurous. And yeah. I think it speaks really well for the industry too, that like you kind of can do it where you want to be. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I think, I think you hit on a, like a really important note there. And it's that like, and I think this is like representative and what we've gone through with COVID. It's like, we give up so much of our lives to work in this industry. Um, mm-hmm. If I work 60 day, 60 hours a week, like art directing, like I'm lucky, you know, if that's all I'm working. And I, I wake up in the morning and my, my daughter and my wife are asleep and I come back and my daughter's asleep. And a lot of times it's dark and dark on both ends. And sometimes you've got to like take things by the reins and own it and make decisions for yourself because if you don't other people are going to be making those decisions and if that happens you're going to be living in their in their decisions not yours you know yeah that's so true you can't wait around for people I feel like that it could because we're freelance and I find this happens to me too like a lot of times I'm waiting for the person that I always work with to get their job so that then they can call me and I'm like what you know I'm just waiting for this one person and it's like well what would it be like to not wait for them and kind of find my own job with someone else? And um, I kind of dealt with that a lot after the pandemic started, you know, after we got busy after the pandemic, because there was a lot of shows going up and down. And I'm like, you know, we can't just keep waiting for the same people anymore. We gotta, so that's really cool. Um, I want to hear about like some of the stuff, some of the shows that you worked on, films that you worked on. I as either art director or production designer and like what your favorites were and why they were your favorites. Yeah, I mean, Foundation was definitely my probably my favorite picture because um, I'm a sci-fi geek. Yeah. And that's what it was. It was 3D printers everywhere. I mean, I got hired on the job and they said, I need you to figure out how to build this air car. And it's basically like Luke Speeder from Star Wars. It's our version of that. And it's like, the show, it was, it was scheduled for six months from now. The showrunner just came in and he said, I want to, day one of shooting in Iceland. And oh that's why God. they hired me. That's why they hired me. They brought me in because they needed someone to help with that. And at the end of the, my first day, I went and I, I looked at everything and I went up to him and I was like, um, I might be talking myself out of a job here, but you have to outsource this. You have to send it to a company that can make it because you don't have the prop makers, you don't have the mold makers, you're too early in your setup to actually hit this target. So what you need to do is pay a company like ISS props or something similar in the UK Mm. to make it for you to hit that. So that's what we ended up doing. We ended up using BGI and Long Cross in London who are amazing group of people, but I still manage, I managed it remotely. And it was like, it was like what I would be doing now with COVID, but it was like 10 months before. And I just kept everything going together with the picture cars. We bought a buggy in Germany and had it shipped over and chopped it apart for the base of it. That would get green screened out. 
And then we 3D modeled it and sent it off. And then I went to London and did the finishing touches with paint and everything. And the screen inserts and the dashboard and the little levers and all that and the gun holster on the side. And for me, it was like cloud nine, you know, that, that movie. But also some of my favorite movies were things I did an art director design on when I was coming up that dressing. I worked on Wes Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom where if mm. someone, someone calls you and they're like, hey, Kev, did you know Wes Anderson's making a movie in your hometown? You oh, know? yeah. And yeah. it's like the production, Middletown, Rhode Island, the production offices and the sound stages were in Middletown, Rhode Island. And it was like, I didn't know anyone on that set deck crew. I was the last one hired and I just showed up and I worked my ass off and I was one of the last people fired. Like I just got in there and did the best job I could. <laughs> I just kept, but it, it was one of the hardest jobs I ever did but it's like that movie Moonrise Kingdom is such a love letter to my home state yeah. that it's mm. such an honor and the credits are so beautiful at the end even the set dressers they just put all our credits in very beautifully it's really cool I think it's so wild like that you can come into I, I would love to hear about your process like reading a script and coming up with like what that world is going to look like because I can't even imagine trying to do either. that or even on the art direction side like taking an image and knowing how to like make it into a thing that we can physically touch like it's bonkers to me I'd love to hear your process about that yeah and I guess some sometimes on scouts when I'm designing I get aggravated when like oh, a first-time director or a DP that doesn't have a lot of experience wants me to like design the movie right in front of them in a location that I've seen for the first time um Mm. it's like a bottle of wine like you have to open up the script you have to read it and get all the mathematics out of your head and then let it sit for a day and then you've got to go back and then you've got to do research research is one of the biggest things in the art department we have to like do all kinds of and in the research comes comes the roots of the design that's really Mm. strong design will come out of the research so I try to think of houses as characters, you know, as, as actors in the movie, mm, cool. personalities and yeah. um, different, giving different, picking your two main actors and giving them different color palettes that can be their, their deal. And then they can have different backgrounds and then that can interweave itself and it could show itself in different scenes in the background. I'm a huge, huge believer of, of the subconscious of filmmaking and that if a production designer is doing their job right, that the, the viewer doesn't know what we're planting in the background to help tell the story and to wow. create the emotive yeah. notions that make the movie deeper, that if you're doing your job right, like the movie's better with each viewing you watch, gets better and better and better. And I think the best movies are like that. That's amazing. Yeah. So you really so have to cool. work. Yeah, that's so fascinating. Cool. And you really have to work hand in hand with the the director because it's really at the end of the day the director's vision that you have to execute. So sometimes that's the hardest thing, pulling out from their yeah. head, like what is their deal? You know? <laughs> right. What it's literally like their childhood. It's like what what like <laughs> what's your per like you you get excited off of dark shit. This yeah. is like a kid's, a kid's movie. You know, let's do this. Like, I can do that for you. But like, let's get in, bro. Have you ever been in a situation where you read the script and you had this vision for your main location, your main actor, uh, 
and you were excited about it. And then the director was like, no, F that. I have this completely other vision than you do. Have you ever run into that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a good thing. Like you want a director that knows what they want. Yeah. The the hardest thing is our directors that don't. So many time on the independent movies. I mean, we did God Only Knows. I forget what that's called now. By the Gun. By the Um, Gun. By the Gun. And it was an independent movie and they had Harley Keitel for a few, Harvey Keitel for a few days. It's like you, they, they surrounded that director with people who were diesel in the industry. 10 years, 15 years experience. And it was like his first or second movie. And like, that was the biggest challenge, I think, on that show where mm-hmm. the person ru- guiding the ship didn't understand production, you know? And mm-hmm. as much as you want to coddle them and teach them, like, gosh, we've got like four weeks to make this all happen in pre pro, you know? What yeah. are we going to do? And they have yeah. to deal with the actors. And they, I tell the director towards the end of prep, I say, I got this. I'll make it beautiful. Everything will be pretty. Direct the fuck out of those actors. Make it happen. Make yeah. us a movie. Make yeah. us a movie. Don't worry about us. Don't worry about our department. I got your back. Oh, I love that so much because it's like, it's like you're, you know, you're not letting them waste time. You know, you're like, you focus on that. You, we discussed what this has to look like now. I'll go do that now get out of my business and oh yeah <laughs> building trust away, you know? yeah yeah I love that that's that's awesome Kevin so cool um do you prefer working on the smaller little ones versus the larger studio films or do you like both I don't know like I like I love movies because my dad loves movies and he we grew up watching Tom Cruise movies and he loves that stuff so like my first show in Louisiana was Oblivion. And when I went on that soundstage and it was the first day of shooting and Tom's doing his own stunts yes. and there's fire and there's robots that are real. There's drones that are real, these huge things. And there's visual effects and you've got the best camera that was just flown in from Japan and the Sony executives are there in their suits. And you've got a hundred crew members and there's stunts and FX are going all off. like that's Hollywood and that's like yeah. badass I love yeah. that like I love pop yeah. film like the big broad for me the most important thing about movies is that you're conveying a message and if, for pop movies that if you can convey a message that's positive to a wide audience not only are you doing that but you're getting people to pay to listen to your story like that is one of the greatest mm-hmm. powers that there is it's really cool yeah that's I agree with that for sure what about your job has changed with COVID? Uh, so everything? everything? I don't know. Head. Everything would be the answer. <laughs> Have you had a job during COVID? Mm. Yeah, I'm on, my second, I'm on my second job during COVID. You know, everything's changed. It's, that's probably the hardest question. Um, we're compartmentalized. So if the shooting crew in the morning needs something fixed, like I can't just send dressers in there that are with the dressing crew because we've potted out and segregated into different groups that are going to keep everyone safe. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's probably like the biggest change on the art department side. You know, it's so messed up. Like we, I get as an art director, because I talk to everyone and a lot of my job is political. It's like being a lobbyist, you know, and I have to talk to every department daily. So because of that on a show, I'll get tested three times a week. 
Right. Whereas like my construction guys will get texted like one day a week. So I have to be like more careful, but to think of that, like a school teacher is not getting tested and that we're getting, I'm getting tested multiple times a week. Like it's really like messed up and you know, that's really hard. I think, you know, Mm-hmm. yeah because it, it makes it more co- the coordination becomes much more complicated and then it takes much more time that's how it is yeah. in produ- production too what are you currently working on I'm working on a really exciting tv show it's called sacrifice and it was one of BET BET plus is a new venture for BET it's their streaming and they're going all in with the parent company of Viacom and they did it tv movie of the week called sacrifice Mm -hmm. and you can you can get bet plus and you can watch it for free you can get like a free week trial but we're that got picked up as a series so um the main character is daniela hernandez she's an entertainment lawyer in hollywood so we're faking hollywood in new orleans go figure like not sign of the times like that never would have happened five years ago how you know? how, how are you, can you even say how you're doing that how do you replicate like the hills and that well we have of... our our production designer is amazing he's thomas Wal- thomas walsh and he um he's a hollywood guy he he was born and bred there his mm-hmm. dad was even like in vaudeville like he is wow. old, like old school so like he can pick out a location like nothing and wow. help help adapt it um but the series really it's really exciting the main character she's an entertainment lawyer for rapid hip-hop artists so we have the duality of the law firms which we just built that set we built we filled the sound stages in about eight weeks um with 1.5 million worth of build which is a lot for a tv show and we've got the hollywood law offices and then We've got the recording studios for the hip hop artists. So there's gang fights and there, it's got a little bit of everything. It's, and it's a real, it's just really exciting show. Like something like different. They're, they're kind of basing it off of, oh man, I'm so bad at name dropping. I'm getting the name of the show, Empire. Basing oh, okay. It, basing it off of that a little okay. bit. Um, and the, the guy who created the show, Chris Stokes, just brought a lot of imagination and life into the project. And that's a really, it's a really exciting thing. And you're art directing that. Yeah, I'm art directing it. That's awesome. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much for giving us your time. You are so wise. I feel like I learned a lot in this interview. Oh my God. (laughs) I really did. I feel like there's just so much takeaway from this. So we're so excited to have you on our first episode of season two. Perhaps you can come back someday in our in a oh my future gosh, season. That'd be amazing. Because- well, you know, <laughs> after like listening to your show, like I love it's such a good podcast. And you know, to be here is like it's so awesome. Like I love it. I love what you guys are doing. It's really important, I think. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. We loved having you. And we're excited to see, you know, your progress in the industry and what you end up doing. So Everyone will have will have to keep an eye on your IMDb page and see yeah, what you see what you're up to. Check out Foundation. That sounds really did, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a teaser out for it now. It's it's badass. Oh great! They already they greenlit season two before season one was done. Apple's like, go, you guys. The streaming are doing services good. really just coming yeah. out. So 
crazy. I mean, yeah, the, like, the studios in London and Turkey and stuff, they're getting booked for five-year blocks. I think we're just around the corner from that here. Um, studio space is like the number one commodity now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Gotta love it. A lot, a lot to expect in 2021. Thanks, Kev. Thank you so Thank much. You. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into our first episode of season two. We're so excited to be back. Yes. Be sure to check out our Instagram for all the upcoming guests that we have this season. Feel free to email us as well. The email is in the show notes. If you have any questions, if you want to be on the show, if you got some comments, whatever you got, send us an email, check us out on Instagram. We love you guys. Bye. But seriously, guys, but seriously, guys, how How are we we not invited? invited?